You are listening to the Reality Steve Podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Michelle's season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 262. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Good show for you this week. Amanda Grace Jenkins from 12 Dates of Christmas. She was one of the leads. It was a show that was released four days ago on Thanksgiving. That's why, for the first time, I think in forever, in 262 podcasts, we're releasing one on Monday. I had to give it time for people to see the show, and I was thinking about releasing it over the weekend, but I wanted to give it the full weekend. You had four full days to watch it. It's on HBO Max. It's called 12 Dates of Christmas. Very fun holiday reality dating show that I think you'll all enjoy. So check that out on HBO Max. A couple things to get to before we get started here. Um, like I mentioned in the open there, it's the first time I've ever released a podcast on Monday. I think we've I think in the past, a couple times when I've had an early flight to Vegas on Thursdays, I've released the podcast on Wednesday nights. I think there's a couple that I had to wait till Friday to release uh, the podcast, but it was um, this one I had to give it a few days. I was thinking of maybe doing it Saturday, but I didn't think Thursday, Friday was enough, especially with Thursday being Thanksgiving. It was enough time for everyone to watch the full s- season of 12 Dates of Christmas, which is nine episodes on HBO Max, and I was like, you know what, I'll just give people four days and post it on Monday. But we're back to a normal schedule on Thursday, because on Thursday I'm having Brooke Lusk on, who was Danny's number two girl from 12 Dates of Christmas, and a lot of stuff there with Brooke that clearly didn't get shown. Um, the one thing, uh, there's a couple things I want to talk about in regards to the Amanda interview, and I'll, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, in, in terms of Bachelor World, we are at Hometown Dates tomorrow for Michelle's season. I'm going to be out tomorrow night, so I'm not going to be live tweeting the show, and I'm not going to probably have much of a recap up on Tuesday because I'm not going to get back until late um, Tuesday night, and I, I just, I'll just i probably skim through the show. But I, I'll post something on Tuesday. It just won't be a recap of the show, probably just Bachelor Nation stuff. Um, but I do want to say that, um, you know, we're, we're we're getting towards the end here. I know everyone's wondering about Clayton, ABC still. I mean, the guy's off the show now of Michelle's season, and ABC still has not officially announced him as The Bachelor. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I At this point, I just give up. I throw my hands up in the air and wave them like they just don't care. But no, I, I have no idea why ABC hasn't announced. I, I know you keep asking me, and my answer is I don't know. It, it really seems all kind of silly. Uh, last night I had a tweet about I had uh, pictures sent to me from Susie Evans, who is in the final four of Clayton's season. And, you know, I, first things first, every woman from Clayton's season has gone back on their Instagram account and is now back to being public, except his final four, which is clearly a mandate handed down by production. There's no other reason why those women would not be going public once they're all back from filming. They've all been back from filming for at least a week. And none of his final four have gone public on Instagram. Really makes no sense. I don't understand why, but that's where we're at. 
the final four that I, I gave you before the hometowns dates were filmed of Susie, Gabby, Rachel, and who's the fourth one? God, I'm already blanking on Susie, Gabby, Rachel, and I know you're. I know the diehards are screaming at me. They already know the fourth. And um, hold on, let me pull up my phone. Um, Clayton's final four. Oh, Susie, Rachel, Gabby, and Serene. Yeah, none of those four, as of Sunday night, have gone public on Instagram. So I don't know what they're waiting for, but I'm sure it's a mandate handed down by production. But anyway, in regards to Susie, just because she hasn't gone public doesn't mean she's not posting on her Instagram. And she did post an Instagram story from Saturday night. And I kind of had a little fun on Twitter last night. I um, referenced the fact that do I post pics of Susie from Saturday night so people can dissect him and freak out and all the speculation can begin? Look, the bottom line is the pictures were nothing. That was the whole point of the tweet because I know the way people react. I hear it all the time. You know, people are still reacting to everything that Michelle posts and everything that Nate posts. Oh, my God, Nate's out at a bar. Does that mean he's with Michelle? He, he can't be. He's uh, acting like he's not... Uh, an engaged man and all this stuff. It's just like, okay. And it really is the same thing with Susie Saturday night. She was out with friends and um, she posted pictures and even said, you know, long time with the, the exact uh, caption she put on the picture was last night, childhood besties reunited. So clearly she was just hanging out with friends, but in her pictures, she was smiling. And then in one picture, she was sitting close to a guy. And I know that that would have been dissected until the cows came home. Is that the phrase? Until the cows come home? Because that's what people do. They have nothing better to do. The top four women on Clayton season have yet to come back on social media. So people are just begging for anything, any morsel of something to grab onto so they can dissect these four women. And Susie, last night, hung out with a group of people was happy, smiling with friends, and I guarantee if I would have posted the pictures, there would have been people that said, oh my God, look how happy she is, she must be engaged. And there would have been people that said, oh my God, look at her, she's sitting next to a guy, she wouldn't do that if she was an engaged woman, so clearly she didn't win. That's the way people act. And that's why I tweeted what I did. Should I post Should I post these to, so everyone can dissect the pictures and freak out and let the speculation begin? But, um, so no, it wasn't, the pictures weren't anything bad or anything like that. It was just, I know what the reaction would have been by, um, the crazies of this franchise and the, the crazy fans that want to dissect everything. And really it was nothing, but it absolutely 1000% would have been dissected. And a faction would have said that she looks so happy. She must be engaged. And a faction would have said, oh my God, she was sitting so close to that guy. I bet you she's not no, no engaged woman would do that right after an engagement. Like. It's the way these people act. So I thought it was funny. and um, But yeah, the pictures don't say anything. They prove absolutely nothing. I don't know the ending of the show. Susie might be engaged. She might have been eliminated at four. She might have been eliminated at three. She might have been eliminated at two. I have no idea. But when I find all that out, I will for sure let you know. When I find out, you will know, and I'll post everything that you need to know for this season. So before we get to uh, this podcast with Amanda, two things I wanted to bring up. Uh, number one, I recorded this with Amanda last Monday, and the season wasn't released till Thursday. So Amanda had not seen any of the episodes. 
So you'll probably be able to uh, um, tell that in some of her answers because she can't speak to specifics that I saw, uh, but I kind of lead her in that way of telling her what was shown. And um, so we went about it that way. I I just wanted to get the interview recorded before the holidays. And um, so just know that going in, she did not see the episodes by the time at the time that we had recorded this episode. But I think it's still very informative because she lived it. She knows what she went through. She just doesn't know what was shown at the time of this recording. The other thing that I want to point out is Amanda is a lesbian, and she's one of the two uh, LGBTQ leads from the show. Markel is a gay man. He's the other one. And then Danny is the straight man. When I was talking about Amanda and Hina, I accidentally and inadvertently called Hina she. And Hina's pronouns are they, them. And I apologize for that. Amanda corrected me on it. I, Going forward... I mentioned, I think I said it, I think I said she again really quickly and then changed it. And uh, just know in subsequent texts, I did correct myself when I was texting with Amanda over the weekend. I did uh, refer to Hina as they, them. And, you know, it's just something I need to get used to because I don't have anybody in my life from the LGBTQ community. I just don't. So it's just you know, natural instinct when you're talking about a female to say she, you know, but I've changed that uh, in my conversation with Amanda. So just so you know, as you head into this interview and uh, you hear that uh, a little bit later on when we start talking about her and Hina. So without any further ado, let's get going. Podcast number 262. Okay, let's bring her in. You saw her uh, on the HBO Max show that was just released last week. 12 Dates of Christmas. It was season two. It dropped on HBO Max on Thanksgiving Day. You could watch all nine episodes on HBO Max. And we are joined right now by Amanda Grace Jenkins. Amanda, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. No, no problem. Um, I wanted to discuss, we'll get into the show, we'll get into what everybody saw, what it's been going on with you since then and whatnot. But I wanted to first start off with you to get the audience to get to know you a little bit better. Um, give people a little bit of your background, where you're from, what you do, stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. So I'm, I grew up in Colorado. Um, I was originally born in California, but I was in Colorado by the time I was a little girl and grew up there, uh, with my six other siblings. There's seven of us total. Um, we were homeschooled for the most part. Um, grew up in a religious household and, uh, and yeah, so I feel like, uh, a little bit of an interesting upbringing and, and, uh, I think that definitely plays into why it kind of took me a little while to break out of my, um, shell. I think I'm, I'm, I'm naturally like an introverted kind of shy person anyway, but, um, but yeah, I feel like I was a little bit of a late bloomer. Um, and then I actually started doing hair when I was uh, still in high school. I went to beauty school. Was, um, and when I say high school, I was going to like a part-time kind of charter school. So mm-hmm. still kind of homeschooled. Um, and I did that. And I I wasn't sure what I would go to college for. I didn't necessarily have like um, the opportunities and scholarships or anything like that. So I was like, you know what? I just want to um, get to working right away and do something I really want to um, do. And uh it was a few, into, a few years into doing hair that I really missed um, performing because I used to do uh, musical theater. I was involved in like a separate um, kind of musical theater program. And so then I got into acting again. And um, 
and realized um, that it it was I thought it was gonna be a hobby at first and then it turned into something um, more on the professional side uh, and I was like well I guess I'm doing this and and I ended up in LA and was in LA for like the last few years and uh, so that's a yeah a little bit about my background and um, and also in terms of dating and love life I didn't come out till I was 30 years old so talk about late bloomer yeah. <laughs> well I was I was gonna we're gonna get into that in a second there's something that popped in my head when I the, from the second I watched the first episode I was like so I'm just gonna ask you this who have people told you you look like like what, what celebrity or actress you. have you ever been told uh, list, I'll list off the ones I get. Okay. Um, Angelina Jolie, okay. Rihanna, uh, and, um, oh my gosh, I'm blinking. Uh, oh gosh, I'm blinking. Those are two of the two top ones. <laughs> I've, I've heard a lot, which is a nice compliment. Okay. <laughs> I have, Ed, has anybody ever told you, you look like Tessa Thompson? Oh, you know, I've heard that here and there. Oh that my god, been a lot. You, you are you look like her sister. You guys look like you could be sisters. Like from the second I saw you on screen, I'm like, she looks like Tessa Thompson. Like the girl uh, for that for people that don't know who Tessa Thompson gorgeous. is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for people who don't know who Tessa Thompson is, she's in the Thor movies. She's in Men in Black International. Um, she's in uh, what was the other one that she did? I told, I'm totally blanking now, but um. Uh, oh, I just watched the movie she was in. Um, oh, the Cre- she's in the she's in the Creed movies. She's in the Creed movies. She plays oh, uh, yeah. Adonis Creed's uh, girlfriend and uh, the one he has a child with. Yeah, so I mean, I was like, I mean, and literally hairstyle, facial feature. I mean, really, both of you striking women. And I just, I just wanted to say that. Thank I was you. like, <laughs> I, every time I saw you on screen, I'm like, this is. It looks like Tessa Thompson's sister. Anyway. Um, Definitely a compliment. <laughs> so, how did you end up on this show? Had you had you watched season one of this show before? Were you just? I mean, I've spoken to a lot of reality show contestants. It seems to be happening a lot in Instagram DMs or through agents or agencies and stuff like that. Like, hey, we're we got a show. You have any clients you think would be interested? How did it happen for you? Yeah, so it's kind of crazy because like I don't even watch reality that much. Like one time I watched an episode like a few episodes of the um, bachelor bachelorette. Yeah. Bachelorette because a friend of mine was on a long time ago. Ooh, who? Um, Tassos Hernandez. Oh yeah. I know Tassos. Well, I don't, I don't know okay. him, but I don't know him, but I know him from, <laughs> know him from the show. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, so I supported him and I wanted to like see the show and everything. It was a long time ago. And I, I, but I don't really watch a lot of reality TV and I've gotten approached before a lot of times it's either happened through like word of mouth or, or social media. Um, or maybe I'll actually, no, I, I haven't really seen the castings and applied myself. It's been people coming to me and I've said, no, I don't really do that. I just never really saw myself finding love that way. Um, and also, I mean, I'm an actor, so I, I just never really saw myself going in that direction of unscripted. Um, and then when, when this came about, I was my my TikTok was starting to grow, and a follower of mine on TikTok, um, I guess, saw this casting and thought I would be a good fit, and told the casting um, person, and they reached out to me in my DMs, and and they were like, "I think you'd be great for this." And my first initial thought was like, "No, I'm, I like this is not my thing." 
But then um, they they were saying something about Christmas and a castle. And uh, the first one was filmed in Austria. And like, I love to travel. And that there was just a couple little things that like kind of pulled me in. Yeah. And then I decided, um, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to like look into this. Maybe, maybe. And then I watched the first season. I was like, okay, I kind of like this. And it didn't look... It didn't look um, super wild, and, and which there's nothing wrong with that. Like, but just for me, like I'm just I tend to be a little bit more reserved. So I was like, okay, this feels kind of more up my alley. It feels just kind of like rom commy and cheesy and magical. Like I'm like, okay, I feel I feel like I feel comfortable with that. So um, I decided to start the process of um, the casting process. And honestly, it was actually like a couple months of back and forth. Like I'm telling you, I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm doing it. No, I'm not. And mm. it it wasn't until like about a week before filming that I finally said, yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm for sure doing this. And so then it was like a whirlwind after that. I'm like, all right, here we go. Well, when you were going through casting, was it always they were looking at you as a lead or were you just being interviewed to possibly be on the other side where you might've been a contestant on the show or was it always, Hey, you're either going to be a lead or you're not going to be on it. So I knew that I wasn't going to do it unless I was going to be a lead. Okay. And, but they were telling me the whole time lead. Um, but then they also, when I would get emails updating me about the casting, they would say, you haven't been chosen as the lead yet, but this is only a part of the, this is, part of the process but i actually think that they um are telling all the people who are applying that they are gonna be a lead and i think that they decide that last minute mm. to be honest yeah that makes sense um, yeah that makes sense um i i wanted to get into a little bit of your your dating history pre-show like you said you didn't come out uh until you were 30 you're 33 now maybe you're thir- yeah. are you you're 33 right yeah 33 okay. Um, you didn't come out till three years ago. So how many serious relationships have you had in the past with women? I know the one relationship you talked about on the show um, the most was, you obviously didn't mention, I don't know if you mentioned years or I don't know if you mentioned what year it happened in, but you you referred to it a, a few times this season where you talked about how you were really, you were, you were really uh, burned by that relationship and it really affected you. So when was that relationship? How long did it last? And was would you say that was your most serious one? Yeah. So, I mean, if we want to get really technical about it, I haven't gotten into a full-on committed serious relationship where it's like, you're my girlfriend, you're my girlfriend. Hmm. Um, I haven't actually had that yet um, because it's been situationships. And the thing is with women, you get so emotionally connected very quickly that um it it has felt like the one i brought up it felt more serious than many of the relationships i've had i mean and i actually went before i came out and i was still with men i had i spent the majority of my 20s in two very long-term relationships so i've been in long-term relationships before but i just wasn't in the right i wasn't um i didn't know much about myself yet uh and i wasn't in dating the right people yet and I, and I have no regrets or anything but um but yeah so this the one that I brought up it it um happened in 2019 it was I mean this would feel a little bit embarrassing because of the <laughs> the way that I've talked about it but it really only lasted three months and um the other person probably doesn't see it the same way 
that mm. I did or still do. <laughs> um, uh, and it, but it, it was like the strongest I'd ever fallen for someone. And I thought it was so mutual and it wasn't. And it wasn't. Um, and it just, I just really let myself get swept up in that. Um, but honestly, that was, that was one of my patterns of when, when I have fallen for people, I get, I've allowed myself to, um, just kind of like get swept up like that and ignore a lot of red flags. And I had to learn a lot about myself, um, to know like, what is it that keeps attracting these types of people into my life? And what do I need to do to, to fix this? Obviously, like I keep doing this, so I can't break out of this pattern. So I need to spend a long time, what, however much time I need to by myself to learn more about myself and, and learn what this is. Um, so it was kind of, it was a, something that was necessary. It needed to, that kind of breaking point needed to happen for me to finally stop and truly look at myself and be like, well, what is happening here? That relationship in 2019 that you're talking about, was that your first, was it your first one with a woman or was it, you had been on a few like smaller things, dates here and there with, with women, but that was the first one where it was serious. Or was that literally the first woman you had ever been with? Um, actually, no, it wasn't the first one. Okay. Um, my first experience, I'll, I'll say experience cause like it was like a fooling or, or some sort of a, more of an affair, uh, that I had long before I came out. And I thought I was going to take that to the grave with me at the time because I was so, I, I, I mean, I was still just in this, like, um, from the religious environment I grew up around, just so afraid and so ashamed and so much in denial really it was it was hardcore denial for years um but i had this experience um it was actually the other girlfriend's um and i when i ended i just was like no one's ever going to know about this um so it took another like seven eight years something like that for me to finally admit to myself I think that this is a big part of me and I need to go explore this. And at first I was like, I think I'm bisexual. And then, then I just, when I officially decided to, it, it like, it hadn't, there was like another guy it didn't work out with. And then I finally was just like, what am I doing? Like, I know I'm ignoring this. I know I'm ignoring this and I need to just do this. So then I actually signed up for the apps for the first time ever. Mm. Um, I didn't use the apps with, dating guys I would just wait till I'd meet one <laughs> um so I I just I signed up for these apps and that's how I started I just started going on dates and um I had little flings little situationships and um but I knew I was like like I, I knew I was it was weird it was it was really hard because at 30 I'm in this space where I'm ready to find like my person and not be dating around and like I didn't really have I didn't really want to be doing that but then I also am in this new space where I need to kind of explore and see what I like too um so I was like I, I felt like each person I was meeting I was like I want to just I just want to get in a relationship and I'm looking for my person but then I had to kind of go through a lot of little like um, experiences to 
figure out what I really like. You know, you had mentioned growing up, obviously there was a lot of, uh, you know, you said religious background. You come from, you have seven brothers and sisters, seven total in your in your family. And you said you kind of denied it. You put it off for for a long time. And I'm assuming you said you were ashamed. So I'm assuming religion played a part in that is the reason that, you know, so when you're dating men and you said you had two serious relationships in your twenties, both with men during these relationships, is it when you then started to like, how did it come about? When, at, at what point did it, like, I guess you said it did hit you, but then you would just deny it because you felt ashamed or whatever. When, what took it for you to not feel ashamed and be like, no, I'm going to go with this. Did you have a talk with somebody? Did you, you, was it just the fact that you came out and then you were just like, well, now that I'm out, now I don't have to hold it in. What was that whole experience like? I think that it was a, a lot of, a lot of those things just finally compiling together. I think just, I mean, at the time when I came out, I was living and working in West Hollywood so, um, that w- I couldn't have been in a better place yeah. to be more, um, inspiring and supportive to come out. So I was around the gays and, and I was around, um, people that were living their truth and, and being free. And, and it also took very individual people in my life. It, it was, it was a journey. Like it was a long time of just, I guess, seeds being planted and, and inspiration to just be more open with myself. It was a lot of like inner work. And I mean, I, I'm thinking of one um, specific friend who's still one of my best friends who she, um, she really just, she was probably one of the most open people I ever spent time around. And even just spending time around people like that allowed me to feel more like that. I was very, I was very like square and very just, um, I just was not in touch with myself and very closed in and and um afraid and always wanting to do like the right thing and um and the religion played a big role um and I I do remember um one of the boyfriends I had um one of the long-term relationships I do remember telling him like I've been with a girl before but I I remember talking about it in such a shameful way like I was like ashamed about it or like like I hope this doesn't bother you kind of thing like and I just it's just amazing how far I've come from that person. And by, so by the time I do feel like by the time I finally made the decision to officially go on dates and come out, I had already done so much work to, to work through this stuff, just inner work to work through it and release it. So by the time I came out, I was just like, I'm here, I'm doing this and I'm confident and I know what I want. Um, and I'm, I'm the kind of person that I do think about things, serious decisions for a very long time before I, I make a final decision. So when I do, I'm, I'm sure of it. Well, that's very cool to hear. When you did come out, how did your family take it? Sisters, brothers, your parents, how, where were they immediately accepting? Did they already suspect it? Where were they at with that? So it kind of took I kind of, it, it was like one by one over the course of like the next year um, to like let them in. Cause they also weren't living around me. It was just like, I mean, I, 
I have friends who in LA, but like I didn't have family there. So it would have taken going and visiting them or getting on the phone. Mm. Um, and so it was just like each time I, I was around because um, we're all very spread out now. So it was usually one by one. I'm hanging out with them in person or maybe we're on the phone and I'm like, okay, I feel like this is time. And I was very afraid. Like, um, and, and I realized like, as I started coming out to them and they were very um, accepting and some were like, all right, cool. Or some were like, wow, I didn't like, or some were surprised. And, um, and I mean, there was, there's been a couple that, they struggle they struggle a little bit more because they're still holding on to some of the beliefs that we've grown up with and i also understand that and i i'm not expecting people to just overnight be like like especially if they still hold on to a lot of the same stuff that i've had to release and and still i'm working to release then i i get that it's not going to be an overnight change i just want to know that you support me even if you don't fully understand it yet um and I, and I know that they do. I know my family loves me. To be honest, um, I don't I don't have a relationship with my dad at the time, and he's gonna find out this way. <laughs> he's gonna find out from TV. So um, I didn't feel like it was necessary to have the conversation with him. And in terms of everybody else, everybody outside of my very inner circle, I didn't. It's it's a lot to have to like keep coming out and stuff and I'm like I don't know people if that if someone asks me then yeah but I don't want to put so much energy into going out to everybody and being like this is my life this is yeah I, I don't know <laughs> well you said you said um, that you were uh, afraid what were you afraid of acceptance yeah 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 I just I didn't want people to see me differently I'm like I'm I'm still exactly me like i'm still me i'm still who i am nothing's changed the only thing that's changed is that i know myself more yeah that's it no that's great the same person i wanted to kind of get into the show aspect now of of what your journey was that if in you know if, if people haven't watched yet um go watch it it's on hbo max it's called 12 dates of christmas there's nine episodes that were all released last week on thanksgiving day so you can binge the whole thing it took me about I mean, I, I I gave myself two episodes a day, but then I ended up doing four in one day. So I I finished it in about three <laughs> finished it in about three days. Um, here's something that jumped out to me in regards to the women that were presented to you. Maybe you realized this, maybe you didn't. You each one of you, you Danny, Markel, and then and then Penny got eight people that got introduced to you during the course of this show. Your women were. 26, 24, 23, 24, 26, 26, 31, and 30. So number one, were you aware of that? Like, did it, did it start dawning on you that these women are a lot younger than me? And two, maybe it didn't even bother you. Were you always looking to date younger? Like when you're going through casting and they asked you preferences and stuff, did you tell them younger? Is that what you've normally gone after or it just worked out that way and that's who casting gave you? You know, I actually, I did notice that too, as, as they were um, coming on the show and I had given them an age range. So they did ask me that, and I did give them an age range. And I believe I said, I want to say I said 24 is the youngest. Okay. And I up to like around my age, 
Um, and I do, I would say, like, I do click mostly with girls around my age, but sometimes a little bit younger. So I was, I was open to that, but I didn't expect almost all of them to be that much younger than me. Yeah. Um, and that did make me a little, um, I don't want to say nervous, but just like, I'm looking for not just a connection, but compatibility as well. And like, I definitely have, um, a good idea in my mind of the type of relationship I, I want to be experiencing something that's like healthy and something, and not that if someone's younger, they can't have something like healthy, but I, I'm, I felt like, okay, well, like I'm, I'm open to younger as long as like they are, they have a good amount of self-awareness and, um, and I mean, a lot of young, a lot of younger girls do these days, um, and are doing that like head and heart work and, and are mature. So, yeah, um, it was just so yeah. when I saw that, I was like, wow, five of her seven women are seven years younger or, uh, you know, max seven years younger. Cause like I said, 26, 24, 23, 24, and, and uh, two more 26, so three 26 year olds, uh, a 23 and, uh, and two 24s along with the 31 and 30. Leah was 31 and Raquel was 30 and they were the two final, the last two girls brought in for you. So I just found that interesting yeah. and I didn't know it was like, maybe it's just, you know, they're casting a TV show. So they're just like, look, why we're not, you know, you don't know, maybe you're not, like you said, you're not as familiar with how reality TV works, but I think, you know, now like they're out for make a television show. They don't really they weren't looking for the eight most perfect women to match uh, with Amanda Grace. It just that's not how it works in television. They, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're looking for women who will be good sound bites, who will make good TV, and then maybe throw one or two in there that they think that you would really connect with. But you know, again, for those who haven't watched the show, the the show has three leads, uh, and they were you, who identifies obviously as a lesbian, Danny, who's a heterosexual man, and Markel, who's a gay man, which we all saw he left uh, to be with his ex, and then Penny took over. Which means that on a dating show like this, contestants would be both gay and straight men and women, which meant it could open up the possibility that contestants who are competing for you, Danny, Markel, and Penny would fall for each other, which we saw did happen with a couple of them. Was that ever a fear of yours going in that they would be like, well, I'm not really into Amanda Grace, but I'm kind of into her. Like, did that start, did that enter your mind before you started filming? You know what? I really wish it did. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I, I I was not thinking in that mindset. Um, like, I mean, of course, you know, it could happen, but I, I just, I wasn't thinking it was going to happen as much as it did. Um, (laughs) and so yeah, I do, I do wish that I was a little bit more mentally prepared in that way going in um, because I feel like it kind of like when that stuff was happening, it kind of just like it, it felt like it hit me out of left field. But looking back, I'm just like, well, I mean, of course. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I just I just think I, I wish I kind of prepared myself a little bit more. But I, I know like for a fact that we're only given so much information and I know that there's a lot of stuff that's encouraged as well that, um, but like I'm left out of as, as well in terms of just the knowledge. Um, but yeah. it's, it's how these shows go. And I've learned so much after this experience, um, on how 
it really like is working behind the scenes. So yeah, no, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I cover the Bachelor and the Bachelorette. That's that's my bread and butter. It's what I've covered for years. And people have always come to me and said, "Do you think they'll ever do?" a gay bachelor or, or gay bachelorette. And I said, honestly, I don't think they will because number one, it's, it's network television. And I just don't think network television, although have they have become way more acceptable and more in recent years. The big thing about the bachelor and bachelorette is they, even though it's a TV show, they love, they take themselves so seriously and they love to focus on the fact that this show is about the lead and them falling for somebody and getting engaged at the end of this thing. And I think that exact reason that I just explained to you is the reason why they wouldn't. They don't want the contestants falling for each other. If they had um, uh, a lesbian lead or a gay man as the lead and 30 people, you know, 30 lesbian women or 30 gay men competing for that man, there's no way that some of the contestants wouldn't fall for each other. And they don't. That's not the idea of The Bachelor and Bachelorette as we know it. And that's why I've always said I just... I don't see them going that route. But like I said, in your season, on 12 Dates of Christmas, right in the first few days, the first two women that were introduced to you, Chrissy and Hina, they end up making out. And you didn't find out about it until later when Hina told you. Had you ever, obviously we never saw it, but had you ever suspected anything happened between Hina and Chrissy or no, until she told you? No, I was honestly shocked i like i didn't i knew they were all like becoming friends behind the scenes and they were getting really close and they got all this time together um but i just i just wasn't thinking about it like i Mm. because i i just i yeah i really wasn't thinking about it so um when i found out and i think it was it was because it was by the time i found out which i don't know how it looks on the show um since i haven't seen it yet but like it what it was a I would say maybe two or three weeks in. It was enough time to where I felt a little blindsided because like, I'm like, why wasn't, why wasn't I talking about earlier? Like, I feel like I, by that time, my feelings were more invested. So it kind of like stung a little more. Um, and, and, and I felt it it definitely was a trigger for me. I'm, I'm not going to lie because uh, kind of what I shared a little bit of what I shared about the, the situation shit that had really kind of hurt me a couple of years back. Um, there was a lot of lies involved and it's not the only time this has happened. So if I, if I feel like, um, someone's not being honest or even if, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say they had to, they, this is something they owed me, but I definitely pay attention to transparency and it made, it triggered me in a way to where I was just like, I, I didn't like not being in the know. Like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that's kind of what triggered me in that situation. Yeah. Look at my notes. It happened after the fourth gift giving. Um, I have it. Yeah. It happened after the fourth gift giving ceremony and before the fifth one. So you, I mean, you were pretty deep into this. There were only six gift giving ceremonies anyway. So there was only two left before she had told you. And I just, I did find that interesting. And, you know, in terms of the gift giving ceremonies at the third one, they revealed, Hey, nobody's leaving and you're going to be choosing an overnight date with the women who were there for you at that time. You ended up choosing Brianna and she told you on the date, she's never had a girlfriend and that she could see herself with a man or a woman 
I was just trying to put myself in your shoes at that point. Is that something that you would want to hear from somebody that you had just taken on an overnight date? How did you take that from Brianna when she told you that? You know, I I think I wasn't getting too twisted about it because I I um I'm I am open to bisexual girls because I think that um if you meet the right person, you meet the right person. Okay. Um but I was getting the vibe just in general that I I wasn't sure if if Brianna was was ready to be with a woman. I I I felt like um, and I know they brought on they brought on a few bisexual women because I, I do think they wanted to have the options open of like, oh, you could be going for a guy or a girl. Um, and there were some some I found out that um, I found out from someone that they weren't even told um, if they were going for a guy or a girl till last minute, like they were already there. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of a lot um, for them, I feel like. Um, and so. I feel like I was getting the vibe that I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if some of these girls are even fully into me. Like I'm trying to pick up that, like, yeah. like, are they looking at me a certain way? Are they like, are they like, cause you can tell, you can tell when there's that chemistry there and you can tell like if someone's really attracted to you. And I was like, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they don't, I, I don't know. And I don't want to doubt anyone's. I don't want to, um, I don't want doubting one's experience or how they're feeling. Um, but I was, I know at the time I was hesitant um, and not sure because I, I was having a hard time picking up that vibe that that chemistry was there. Yeah. And she, I mean, just looking at it as a viewer, it's tough to say because we obviously don't see the whole night that you and Brianna had, but she definitely seemed like somebody that I don't know if she was ready yet, like you said, to be in a relationship with a woman. I, it seemed like she wasn't ready to be in a, you know, committed monogamous one-on-one relationship and, and have a girlfriend. It just, she didn't come across that way to me at least on television. So yeah, yeah it, um, you know, nice girl. It just seemed like she wasn't ready yet. And maybe this wasn't even the, sh- like she probably shouldn't have come on this show because she ended up being the next woman you eliminated at the, uh, at the gift giving uh, ceremony. So it was like, this is someone you just, you're the only woman you had an overnight date with up to that point. And she's the next one to go. So clearly you felt pretty strongly that there just wasn't anything there between you guys. Did you regret taking her on the overnight after that happened? Uh, Definitely not actually, because the reason why, the reason why I took her um, is because I, she was the one I was connecting with the least. And I knew I only had a matter of time before the next gift giving ceremony. And, and that was the time I had. Mm. So I wanted to give it a solid chance. I wanted to just see um, and give it the opportunity and see if there was chemistry there and see if we could connect. So that's why on the overnight date, I, I, I mean, I don't know how much they show, but I, I was trying to kind of dive a little deeper and, find out more about her and, and, and where she's at. Um, so I, I already, I already had a feeling that because at this point I had a strong connection with, with Hina and I felt the desire to get to know Ari more and we hadn't gotten a lot of time together yet. So I was like, I feel like I need to, 
I need to get to know Brianna more um, because I don't, I don't want to send Brianna home and know that I didn't really give that a full chance. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting, especially the way, I don't know, kind of all, kind of all played out. And you, you know, you said you took her because you had the least connection with her at that point, or you knew her the least. So you wanted to get to know her. And ultimately, you know, we'll get to it at the end with, with everything that happened with Hina, but it seemed like that was a major sticking point with Hina. The fact that you took Brianna on the overnight and not her, and that she made that perfectly clear to you, and it just seemed like this. Well, we'll get we'll get to Hina a little, in a little bit, um, but <laughs> right. but Remy was the next one that came in after that, and you seemed pretty taken by her. A lot of people in the in the uh, whatever you want to call it house cabin, uh, they seemed to be taken by Remy. What were your what were your first impressions of Remy? Was it somebody that um, physically somebody that you would be attracted to? Yeah, my first impression of Remy, I mean, she came, I was not expecting it. I mean, you are always ready for someone to crash your date, but I was not expecting that at all. When she came through uh, into the tent, I was definitely shocked. And then my first reaction was yeah. like, oh, wow, she's she's pretty. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I feel like there was a, a physical attraction there from the start. Um, and she has a very vibrant, energetic personality and she definitely brought a different element into into the lodge for sure you know leah and raquel came in after remy but i i felt like at that point just watching it i i felt like this was definitely a, a hina remy final two for you and, and that's what it ended up being so when it came down to the final date uh with hina you asked hina about children and she seemed reluctant. It's something that you mentioned, um, and she definitely didn't seem to jump at the opportunity. Is that something that was a deal breaker for you in your mind or something that you just kind of put in the back of your mind? Because it didn't seem like she was all in on that. Um, it's actually not a, it's not a deal breaker for me. I think I'm at a point in my life where I've really come – I've gotten comfortable with the idea of whichever direction my life goes with that. Okay. Like I've always desired like a family and kids, but then I'm also like, but there's all these things I want to do in life. And like that could not happen. And, and I've really, um, I've really, I've thought about all the ways that um, my life can be fulfilling with whatever direction it goes in that area. Um, so, but it, when I'm asking questions like that, I, I definitely because that is an option that I, I feel like I want to have, I'm asking those questions and just trying to see where you're at in terms of um, what you want for your next relationship and commitment levels and um, get a clearer picture of, um, of what you're looking for. Um, because I know that at this point, well, and at that point and this point, I'm not, um, I'm not wanting to really like date around and like, have fun and do all that. Like I'm ready to um, find a partnership um, ultimately. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, but I, I do think at that point, um, if she, or sorry, I'm still making mistakes, but if they um, are, they were, they weren't jumping at it. I think at that point we were already not in a great space. Mm. And so 
I'm sure, I mean, and I, I can't speak for them, but it's like, I just feel like the idea of moving forward with me wasn't really there anymore. Well, ultimately, you ended up, as we saw, you picked Tina over Remy. Was it close? Was it, I, you know, Ina's been there since basically day two. Uh, Remy was the fifth, uh, Remy was the sixth woman brought in. So clearly you had less time with her. Hina had been there a while. Uh, there was clearly a connection there. Um, you end up choosing Hina over Remy. What went into that decision? Was it close? And why did you ultimately end up picking her over Remy? I honestly didn't think it was be. I didn't think it was me close because my feelings for Hina were pretty strong at this point. But then, right at the, I mean, right before the last ceremony, finding out that Hina is not sure and is having some hesitancy, I felt, you know what, regardless of my feelings maybe I should choose the person who is telling me right now they are sure of themselves yeah, and not the person who is kind of pulling back right now. Um, but I, I felt, I felt, well, you know, I think Hannah just might be feeling not safe or afraid. And I understand that feeling. Um, but if I can, keep being consistent and show like uh, how serious I am. Um, it'll help them feel more safe in, in what this is and moving forward. So, um, I took, I knew I was taking a chance with that, um, knowing there was already that pullback. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that, I think I knew that, I was probably going to go with Hina with by the end. So on the hometown date, you you take Hina home. And from what was shown uh, with your brothers and your sister, things I, they seemed to go well with you guys, fairly well. I mean, you guys did talk about having your bumps in the road. But I don't know. It didn't seem like it was anything major, I guess. I guess major in... Uh, the terms of what the bumps in the road of any relationship that started out on a television show would be. And then the next thing we see after hometowns is, you know, the three leads at that time, you and, and Danny and Penny go to New York and you're having this final, you know, uh, decision that you have to make of what's going to happen with us. And you guys are coming out of the Met and <laughs> you're, you're, talking by the way it sucks you just you guys got stuck out in the rain on that uh, on that conversation <laughs> yeah. it started it looked like it, it like, was a lot <laughs> yeah it looked like like when you first <sighs> when you first started talking on the steps it was like drizzling it seemed like by the end you guys were just yeah. getting pissed on like it was it was coming down pretty hard but anyway conversation in front of the mat happens and things just kind of blew up very quickly and for me as a viewer i was like i i, I don't know i I guess I thought that you guys were going to make it, but that that conversation at the Met was very awkward to me. It was very uncomfortable because it seemed like, and, and maybe I'm totally reading this wrong. You know her better than I do, but 
it seemed like Hina was looking for a way out. That was the way I took it. I could be dead wrong on that. It, but I got the impression that she was trying to find a way out but didn't want to say, like, I don't want to do this anymore. It, because what you guys were arguing over seemed to be fairly, and the things that she was saying, I, I, I was on your side on this, I, it seemed to be pretty petty on her end, and she was accusing you of stuff ben. that wasn't that, that big of a deal. Like, she was really going after you for stuff that was easily fixable in a relationship where two people want to make it work. It seemed like you did and she didn't. So my question, I guess, would be, was there more behind the scenes that you guys were struggling as a couple and it just came to a head there? Were you caught off guard by what she said and how she acted in that conversation? Um, yeah. To be honest, and, oh, and just a little friendly reminder, they, them, I, I'm still correcting myself on, on that too. Um, I'm sorry. They're non-binary. Um, all good. Uh, so, yeah, to be honest, I was, I had no idea that the conversation was going to be at that level and the things that we were talking about in front of the Met. Um, I, I mean, literally before the cameras went on, we were, singing uh goofing off and singing mary poppins and um (laughs) so i I didn't see that (laughs) yeah yeah um that's what was going on behind the scenes right before so i my in my mind i thought that we were going to have a very similar conversation to what we had had before and and to be honest i think that it got to this point because there were a lot of behind the scenes conversations that had already happened but um we needed to give more clarity um the audience and so i i feel like we we were maybe we were forcing more conversation than needed than what needed to be happened because i think we already knew we were going to be going different directions um (laughs) but i i assumed that we were going to come to this conversation this last conversation to um to just kind of talk through it a little bit more and but but still supporting each other in the ways that we had leading up till then yeah um and i wasn't prepared to be defending myself for stuff that was happening at the lodge um and i do feel like that was to me in my, in my mind i felt like that was the entire conversation i just felt like i was trying to defend myself um for things that happened um uh, weeks beforehand. Um, and it was, it was a lot for me to try to hold myself together. I was, I felt pretty upset because I just, it, I, I felt mostly upset just because of how the conversation went. I just didn't expect to, to be in that space. Um, so and, in, in your mind, uh, in your mind, yeah. were you set to end the show? With Hina? Actually, yeah. So I, I, I yeah. had, I knew we weren't. I knew it was going in their direction. And not gonna lie, I had a tiny, tiny little bit of hope because I, I still had feelings there. So I had a tiny little bit of hope that maybe Hina would, I don't know, to have a change of heart, and be like, you know, this is what I, this is what I really want, and let's do this. Um, but either way, I was gonna support the decision and do what I needed to do for me. Um, and so I had every intention of having Hina with me um, for the New Year's um, and as friends. And I mean, we've been cordial with each other 
we had we hadn't really been butted heads like that. We had been fine up till then. So, um, but then after that conversation, it just kind of it. I was like, I don't <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> it, this it it kind of dug deep for me. So. Yeah, and as we saw, it en- it ended right there. You chose you. You said, I, I, yeah. I choose me, and um, you guys left on the steps, and that was the last we saw of Nina. So since that happened, and you guys broke it off, have you had any communication with Hina? None. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, yeah, no, that was the last, the last we've spoken. Are you are you surprised that she wouldn't even reach? I, I, they wouldn't even reach out to you post show and just hey, just wanted to check in. Sorry how everything went down. I are you surprised? Yeah, a little surprised. Um, yes and no. I don't know. I feel like I kind of I don't have as much expectations on people these days. On, <laughs> how they're gonna how people are gonna be or handle things you know um would would that have been in a more ideal situation yeah at least to just smooth things over regardless of how things went um um and maybe maybe they feel like i needed to be the one to reach out and be like sorry for how things went but personally i don't feel like i'm the one that needed to reach out because i feel like i came to that very last conversation um ready to be in a supportive space and um i feel like yeah i would would i have loved would have liked to hear um hear them reach out and and um so things over yeah but i think i've just like released that and let it go and be like all right and i and i've heard i've heard rumors like that they've asked about me or said that they would talk to me <laughs> but i'm like well then talk to me like then, then talk to then yeah it's, said, it's, like what, what are you doing <laughs> yeah well what what about oh what about reaching back out to any of the other women are, are they uh, just actually, is, yeah. what remy like remy was number two uh is that someone that you would or maybe you have. Have you spoken to Remy? Is is there anything there that could possibly be in the future? I've spoken to Remy, and I've spoken to Chrissy and Ari as well. Um, all kind of in a more of a friendship kind of way. Hmm. Um, to be honest, it's <laughs> it's hard to say. I mean, I, I just I haven't really said this anywhere else but i am right now currently getting to know someone and so hmm. i one thing i've learned about myself from the show is that it's as challenging to um share my attention with more than one at a time and um so i'm, I'm kind of in a place where i'm like you know i want to focus on on this and and uh see where it goes and put my full attention into this um and so it's kind of it's hard to say uh in terms of what could maybe still be with any of the other 
love interest. So okay, well that's I mean it's good to hear. Um, I mean I I didn't I didn't know that, but it's good to know that you're you know you're involved with someone or early stages with someone now and seeing where it goes. Um, so I guess ultimately, when you just wrap up the whole show aspect of it, or even post show, are you or were you? I don't know, pissed, upset, disappointed in how everything turned out, or were you over it pretty quickly? Like when you left the show, did it take you a while to recover from what happened or it was kind of, wow, that was a hell of an experience, but moving on, bigger bigger and better things. Yeah, you know, it did take me a minute, I would say, because, um, I mean... I'm sensitive (laughs) and I, it was a lot. It was, it was, um, I have no regrets, but it was definitely, um, I mean, emotions were at an all time high and, um, and I really put myself out there, got very vulnerable. Um, so it, it definitely took me a minute, but I, I will say I got into therapy, um, right away after that. And it was actually the first time I've, I've ever, uh, gotten, into therapy and so I'm really proud of myself for that and it was a better time than any uh so that helped me process through a lot of things um and uh I mean now I feel like I'm in a really good space I mean I have a lot of anxiety since I haven't like seen it and I'm like excited and nervous on what (laughs) all is going to be shown but like overall I feel like I'm I'm in a good uh mental and emotional space now but it, it it did take a minute I felt I felt a little bit um a little bit depleted um, getting out and had to kind of take a minute to build myself back up. So well, what, what about the others in terms of your friendship? I think one thing that people that watch these reality shows, especially ones that are dating shows, they like seeing, you know, successful couples come out of this and whatnot, but they also like to see friendships that develop. Uh, people love to just, follow the contestants that made friends with each other and and whatnot you you, you know your relationships uh, with Danny with Markel with Penny the other the other leads of this show uh, are these people that you spoke to post show and kind of leaned on and uh, consider them people that will always be in your life or I, I don't know there's another side to this we're just like no they were people I met on a show but I don't really keep in touch with them anymore I mean that could be a that could be your answer as well. Where are you at with your relationships with the other, with Danny Markell and, and Penny? Yeah. So I, I mean, to be honest, right when I got off, I wasn't sure. I was like, I just need a minute to just be in the real world. Um, and I mean, there was, there was like, I mean, Markell, I knew for sure. I was going to say connected with and, and I feel like the other leads too. Um, but I, in terms of just like everybody, I was like, okay, like I need a minute to just kind of get my, get my emotions back and, and just get my head on my shoulders and see how, how, where these relationships are at and if these are going to continue. Um, now, I, I mean, leading up to the show, I feel like everybody has been kind of communicating a lot. I know I'm not really like in, like in the click as, <laughs> as as much as others are but I also didn't get as much time to connect um as they did so I'm a little closer with the lead so Markel and I got really close and and Danny and and Penny I would say we kind of talk once in a blue moon but um we're not like that close Mm. um 
But I mean, Markel, Markel's definitely been someone that uh, we've gotten on FaceTimes with each other and talked for a while and um, really given each other that support. And then da- Danny, I talk to Danny occasionally. Um, so yeah, we're definitely still leaning on each other for, for that support to this experience. So what's, uh, I mean, to wrap it up here, kind of like what's next for you going forward? I know, you know, you'd mentioned relationship wise, you just started seeing somebody and that's great. What about uh future for you? Any projects on the horizon, what you're doing for work? Are you back to doing hair? Where are you at with everything? So, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing hair right now. Well, I mean, if someone asked me to like friends or family, then, um, then yeah, I'm doing some here and there, or sometimes like I'll like when I'm in LA, I'll take some, some clients if I have time. Um, but I am really trying to put a hundred percent of my energy into acting. And I decided that this year, um, because I've been balancing out, um, I've been considering acting for a minute, but I've been still doing hair and it's been taking a lot of my energy. And, um, so I decided to let go of that and see what would happen if I, um, if I actually put a hundred percent of my energy into it. So we'll see what happens. I definitely want to, um, start doing more, um, of the other things on the creative side. I, I say I'm an aspiring writer. I don't have, um, much in the works yet, but I would like to, um, I'm hoping I can make a short film next year, early next year. That is the goal of mine. So, um, and I've got some ideas for shows and stuff and I just need to, you know, get to it and, and put the energy into that. So are you um, like going on auditions and stuff or no? I am. Yeah. Okay. I'm regularly auditioning. I have an audition to work on actually when I get off the phone. So <laughs> I am consistently auditioning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm consistently auditioning. Um, I would say I get like a few a week usually. Um, I have an agent in, uh, in Austin, Texas, and I've been actually traveling to Texas and working a lot there. They've been pretty active over there, but I, I am looking for a new agent in LA. Um, and I'm, I have an agent in New Mexico as well. So I'm hoping to get out some projects out there as well. So that's, that's, uh, that's what I'm doing. That's great to hear. Um, well, I mean, I'm sorry it didn't work out for you on the show, but it looks like if anything, I mean, you, the biggest thing to take from the show for you is you learned a lot about yourself. Like I said, it puts you, it got you to open up to, you know, a therapist, which you say is going great. I mean, so while it while you didn't get a relationship out of the show, it really seems like overall, I'm sure you look at this as a absolutely positive experience in your life. Yeah, definitely. I think that I I grew a lot. I learned more about myself, and I learned about things I like or don't like. I learned more about what I like in my dating process as well. And and I think if you can come out of experiences and and learn more about who you are and um, how you like to move through the world. I think that's definitely a win for sure. And, um, you know, watching the show, uh, I, I really think you did the LGBTQ community proud. Um, I think they will be proud of it. Uh, I think the show was, was very well done and I'm glad that, you know, it's out, it's been out there for a week. If people are listening to this now, haven't watched it yet. Like I said, go check it out. 12 dates of Christmas, on HBO Max, if you have watched it already and you know some of the interesting interesting twists that happened at the end, and you and you watched, um, you watched your journey on this, um, I think people will be 
really impressed by you. And, um, you know, I wish you all the luck in the future, Amanda Grace. And I think that you are, you were a definitely, definitely a bright spot on this show for me and, and, and watching you and kind of watching your journey on this. I think, I think you probably grew the most out of this. I mean, I, I, I don't want to say that for say that Danny didn't and and Markel didn't and Penny didn't, but for the leads, I, I think you went through enough to where you probably really found out a lot about yourself, and I'm and I'm glad that you did. So again, I really appreciate you coming on, taking the time. Hope people will go watch it, and uh, good luck in the future with everything. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that, and uh, thank you for having me on your show. No, no problem. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Amanda. All right, thank you. Thank you so much to Amanda for that. It was really great talking to her. I hope you all got a chance to catch that show, which launched on Thanksgiving. It's been up for four days now. Go on HBO Max. You can watch all nine episodes. Really interesting. Amanda has a great story. I'm glad she shared it with us. First 20 minutes, really just talking about only coming out three years ago, how it's been for her, how it she struggled with it, which I'm guessing uh, a lot of people do. And uh, again, if you didn't hear in the beginning, um, I do apologize for not using the correct pronouns uh, when I talked about Hina at first. And, um, you know, it's just not something in my everyday vocabulary. So it's very tough to get used to when you just, when I don't talk to many people in the LGBTQ community, if any. So, yeah, when I referred to Hina as her or she, Um, She wants to be referred to as they, them. So I believe I corrected myself uh, right away on one of them. And then when I was texting with Amanda after we recorded the interview over the weekend, when I was texting with her, I, even in the text, I wrote, I I wrote either she or her. And I was like, no, that's, it's wrong. And um, I corrected myself in the text. So I'm getting better, I guess. Um, That's all I can do. But um, I hope you I hope you enjoyed that. That was a really fun interview with her. And like I said, we had to uh, push it back because I needed to give it a few days for people to watch. I could not release this Thursday because nobody will have watched all nine episodes by then. So it gave people the weekend four days. If you haven't watched it, go check it out. And uh, this Thursday, we're back on regular schedule with another interview. And it'll be with Brooke from 12 Dates of Christmas, who was in the final two for Danny and she's got a good story as well. Love talking to both of them. So appreciate Amanda coming on really, um, really learned a lot there and I hope you did too. Thanks again. Please rate, subscribe and review in Apple podcasts. Much appreciated. We'll be back in just a few days. Uh, We'll be back on Thursday with, uh, with yet another podcast. Like I said, it's going to be Brooke uh, from 12 dates of Christmas. So for Amanda Grace Jenkins, I'm reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in and we will talk to you on Thursday. See you.